Hey there, guys. Welcome to Real Marketing with Apotheca. Today, we're going to talk about chat, GPT, and AI and how we use it and how we don't. So let's dive in. Hey, there's been a lot of talk about chat, GPT, and other AI tools like that. And there's, you know, some rumblings that it could change the marketing industry and the world. And so we're going to take a look at you know, how we've experimented with it and whether we found it useful or not and whether we think it's going to actually change the world or not. It is a very um, unique tool and it's a lot of fun to play with. Um, but there are some pros and cons and we're going to talk about that. We did do uh, have a conversation about chat GPT and AI and its impact on SEO recently with SEO expert Chris Boggs. And if you haven't seen that video, we will link to it in the description below. It is an interesting conversation and Chris always brings an interesting viewpoint, but let's dive in to how ways that we're using ChatGPT and experimenting with it. And by th this is by no means an exhaustive list, but it's something that we've been doing um, that, you know, just to see how we can use it, speed up workflow um, and if it really can help us on a daily basis. So one of the primary ways that we've taken a look at uh, ChatGPT is it does a pretty good job with building outlines and summaries and things like that. So for instance, if I were to go into ChatGPT, which uh, for those of you listening, I'm actually um, going to be showing this. So if you want to hop over to our video, you'll see actual uh, screen results of what we're doing. But, um, you know, if I wanted to do a summary, for instance, to create a blog, uh, outline for a, uh, for an article about chat, GPT and marketing. Okay. Now, once you type in your, um, main like prompt, uh, you can refine it after that. So a lot of times you'll find that once you get these results, you're going to have to refine it a number of times before you get something that's usable, but what it does is it comes back with a relatively thorough summary, like an outline of a potential article. Um, now, as with anything with the AI, you're going to need to go through it make sure it makes sense, make sure that it's pulling relevant data. The older version of ChatGPT, which is what I'm using, um, the data only goes up to 2021. Um, the new version, ChatGPT4, um, apparently has uh, more relevant accurate data and there are, it can access apparently the, the web. So you can actually point into websites and stuff like that. We have not experimented with that yet, but if we look at the prompt that I put in, um, and actually came back with a decent, um, you know, summary or, or outline of a blog. So, you know, it has an introduction with an explanation of what chat GPT is and how it works. Um, benefits of using chat GPT for marking, like increased engagement with customers and personalized customer experiences, uh, use cases, uh, for chat GPT and marketing, the challenges of using it in, in marketing, privacy concerns, ethical considerations, technical challenges, uh, best practices for using it, um, ensure transparency with customers, monitor and evaluate performance. So, you know, and then it even has a conclusion. So this is a pretty sound outline that gives me a skeleton of something to work with that then I can flesh out. Now, what's really neat about this is kind of the next step that we use for it is now it's done an outline and I can kind of tell it to create a summary of this blog. 
Now, I could tell it to write a blog based on that, um, and we'll, we'll talk about why I won't do that in a little bit. But um, it is currently working to create a summary of this blog. And it says, this blog discloses discusses the relationship between ChatGPT and marketing, focusing on the benefits and challenges of using ChatGPT in marketing strategies. This article highlights the benefits of ChatGPT, such as increased engagement, blah, 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 blah. So it's a pretty good summary of the, uh, of the outline that I already provided. Now I can even go so far as to say, you know, this is summary is a little bit too long. Um, you know, create a compelling shorter version of this summary. And again, like I said, if you, as you refine these prompts with the conversation that you're having, um, it will come back with, um, you know, refinements. You can sometimes even tell it to, to change the voice or to write it into like a certain style, um, that you might be interested in. We experimented with telling it to, for instance, write this like Shakespeare and it kind of works, not really. Um, it doesn't really understand old English or, you know, Shakespearean English. So now I told this to create a more compelling, shorter version of the summary and it did, it cut it down, um, and, um, you know, made it a, a little bit more succinct, um, than the previous summary. So again, this could be a summary that we would use for a meta description. If we were to edit, to edit it down, uh, we could use this for the intro to a blog post, um, we could use it as a social media post potentially. Um, so this summary of this blog, it's, it's kind of already pre-written. You can touch it up and that speeds up that process um, a lot. Now, where this is really neat now is that we have the blog, we have the summary. Now I'm going to tell it to create some compelling headlines. And again, it just works a little bit. It generally with these types of prompts where you ask it to do headlines and stuff, we'll come back with an assortment like five to 10. Um, and they all have their benefits and, and whatnot. Again, like with any of this content, you should be looking at it and rewriting it. I wouldn't necessarily use it verbatim. Um, it's doing its best to emulate what you're going after, but for a headline, you're going to want it to be succinct. You're going to want it to, um, reiterate the keywords that you're going for that type of thing. So you want to review these, but these are some pretty good headlines that it came back for. So let's remember our topic was talking about chat GPT and marketing. And so some of the headline examples that it came back with, for instance, are revolutionize your marketing strategy with chat GPT or, uh, personalized marketing made easy. The power of chat GPT, GPT, um, chat GPT and marketing benefits, challenges, and best practices. So, you know, those aren't bad headlines. Um, and that sped up that process pretty well. So now, so we have headlines for the article. Theoretically, we have a summary for the article. We have an outline. We recommend you write the actual article or blog, but let's look at title tags. Uh, let's create some SEO title tags for this blog. Now we're assuming that they're going to know the optimal length, right? And in some cases they do chat GPT does a pretty good job of this and others you're going to have to monitor it. And sometimes you can even go in and say, 
make sure this isn't over X number of characters. Again, it doesn't always do that well, or you can say even a number of words in this headline, um, and it will edit them and, and refine them. Um, but let's see uh, what the results here. So we asked for headlines and see if the, the title tags actually come back better. Now, one of the ways that we've also seen this be pretty handy is um, take an existing uh, title tag or headline and tell it to be uh, have a better call to action or uh, more compelling or more professional, um, that type of thing. Um, we have not experimented with reading levels. That's something that would be potentially interesting to do is to take like a summary or a blog and say, can you rewrite this in a sixth grade reading level if it was something that was too technical or something? Um, but it does actually come back with um, some interesting title tags. So, um, and it does take into consideration that you're going to want your brand in that title tag for SEO. So, for instance, uh, the one headline or the one um, title tag is Chat GPT and Marketing Benefits, Challenges, and Best Practices, Bar, and then your brand name. So, it's already knowing that you're going to want to put your brand name in there. Um, so it's, you know, some of the, some of the, um, titles are the same as the headlines that you produced, but it's already putting the focus in on, um, you know, knowing that it's going to be for SEO. Um, so that is a good example of, you know, in just a couple minutes, I was able to go in, tell it to create a, an outline for an article, tell it to summarize that article, create headlines and create title tags. Um, let's experiment with, uh, having it create, um, meta description for this article and see if it looks like it's the right number of characters. Um, my guess is it will probably do a pretty good job, but again, you do have to monitor in some of the testing we've done, you do have to monitor the character length and stuff like that. Just to make sure that it's okay. But, you know, even if it's close and then you just have to edit it and change it around, that saved me a whole bunch of time creating this by myself. And so, you know, actually the meta description that this is um, coming back with isn't bad. It might be a little long. I'd have to measure the um, character length and, and word length in it. But it does have, even have a call to action. Learn about the ethical considerations and privacy concerns associated with ChatGPT and how to implement it responsibly. Find out what ChatGPT is changing the game for brands and marketers alike. So like I said, very quickly was able to produce the outlines and details of a blog article um, that was pretty fast. All right. So now one of the other things that we've experimented with this is, um, is taking a text of a blog or article, an email, um, anything like that, and just really creating a, a quick summary for it. We saw that do it for its own, but you can actually go in and take an article. So we're going to go, um, I'm going to take a blog post from, um, from one of our blogs. Let's, uh, uh, pull that real quick here. Let's take a blog real quick. Um, All right, we had one about scraping websites. And so I'm going to copy some of this text. 
Now this does have a character limit, so if it's too long, it's not going to work. So I'm going to tell it to summarize this blog. And I just imported a bunch of text in there from a blog. We'll see how it does with it. Um, it did have some images and stuff, so the, obviously those didn't come through because it's just looking at the text. But So it, it does uh, take a while to calculate, but it's coming back now. Let's see. This blog explains how to use Google Sheets to import structured content from websites, including title tags, window descriptions, blah, blah, blah. So that's a really pretty succinct description of the blog that I just put in there. Um, so that's pretty handy. So that's something that, you know, if you don't want to, if you're doing some research, you don't want to read an entire article or blog, you can throw it in here. It'll summarize it for you. Um, or again, if you're trying to develop a description for, you know, um, for anything, for uh, an ad, for a podcast that you want to describe what this blog is about, you want to do the lead in or introductory paragraph for it, um, you can do that very quickly. So this came back with a very succinct um, description of what this blog is about. It's a relatively technical blog. Um, and so it was able to um, summarize that pretty well, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, you can do this for email and things like that. Now, one of the things that um, Google has built into Google Docs recently is um, if you have a document, a, um, you know, an article or, or whatever you're writing in Google Docs, um, it'll automatically create like a little description for you. Um, so that has been around since before Jet, Chat GPT made the big splash and everybody's been talking about it. Um, that's been around for a while. That's super handy. Um, there's another tool that I use for email um, called Shortwave that integrates with your, your Gmail account. Um, and it actually has a, a widget on it now where you can summarize um, an email, so an email string, and just see like if it's a lengthy email or if it's an email string that you don't want to go through because you don't have the time. You can have it summarize it for you very quickly and see what it's about and whether it's worth actually reading or not. So that is incredibly, um, you know, handy if you're just trying to get through your day and get through stuff and you don't want to spend a lot of time summarizing something or you're just wondering whether it's worth your read, you can do it through ChatGPT. And again, you can use those um, summaries in a lot of different areas. All right. All right. So another area that we use this for is research for quick research. Now, again, the caveat here is that with the older version, some of this data is only goes up to 2021. So it may not have the most relevant data and you don't know for sure that chat GPT is pulling from sources that are to be trusted. Um, it's kind of a black box, right? So you don't know if the information is correct or not. It's a quick way to do research. I wouldn't necessarily depend on it, just like I wouldn't depend on any random website that came up in a Google search. You're going to want to do additional research and smell tests and look at your sources, right? Um, and to make sure that it, it is relatively accurate or it's um, what you need. For our purposes, if we just need a quick, you know, informational dump about something, we can do that so very, very quickly and easily. So for instance, recently we wrote a, uh, we did a piece about Google Optimize and a video about that and a blog as well about the history of 
of optimize and um, you know how people are using testing and A/B testing. And so you know just to do a quick research, just background information that you don't have to spend a lot of time digging into, we did a prompt that was provide a history of Google Optimize. And it came back with a very succinct response. You know, as Google Optimize is a free website optimization tool that was launched by Google in 2016. Uh, it allows website owners to experiment with different variations of their website, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, it came up with this little synopsis of a little history of Google Optimize for us. And then, you know, you can ask it a question. What are the popular testing tools other than Google Optimize? And it came back with, you know, 10 other uh, products that were competitive to, to Google Optimize. Um, and, you know, and just smell testing them, they're pretty accurate. Um, how it's ranking them and how it's getting to that information, I don't know. Would additional research probably be necessary? Yeah. I mean, you're going to want to, you know, if this is a subject matter that you're not familiar with, you're going to want to do a little bit more research just to make sure that these are right and accurate. Um, but for, you know, just starting out on a, a research piece or something like that, that took just seconds to pull in the history and then other tools that you could look at. And then from there you can um, build out your research, but stuff like that is super easy. Now, again, you don't necessarily know where this data is coming from. I wouldn't trust all of the information. We've definitely seen stuff that is either outdated or the products no longer exist or the information is just wrong. But again, you'll see that in regular Google searches anyway, you need to do further data to, to verify stuff. Um, so I wouldn't spend, invest a, a lot of, um, you know, trust in the results, but, um, for right now it's pretty accurate and it gives us something to work with. So that's, that speeds up that time a lot. Um, one of the things we talked about is doing, um, you know, outlines and stuff like that, um, for articles, but what about emails? So what if I tell chat GPT, let's think about, uh, write a follow-up email to a customer, uh, reminding them of a outstanding bill. So let's see what that comes back with. All right. And so follow up email, reminding a customer of an outstanding bill comes back with a re uh, subject line reminder, outstanding bill. I think I guess that's true, right? Dear. And then customer's name. I hope this email finds you well. I'm running to follow up on the outstanding bill for your recent purchase with us. We value your business and would like to ensure all of your transactions with us are handled smoothly and efficiently. According to our research, we've not yet received payment for the balance of the amount owed, uh, insert amount owed. I kindly remind you that the date for this payment was an undue date. Please let us know if you have a reason for the delay in payment or if you have questions about the invoice. We understand that circumstances can arise that may cause a delay in payment and we are happy to work with you to find a solution. However, we kindly request that you settle the outstanding amount as soon as possible to avoid any further action. So this is a pretty professionally written and, and it has, it even adds a little bit of, you know, Hey, sternness, but kindness and, you know, like, Hey, you still have that outstanding bill. Now we've experimented with this with a few different things, right? With both marketing emails and, um, just auto response type of emails like this, where, um, you want to add a little bit more information or personality. You don't want to take the time to write it. 
that's pretty good. So that saves you a lot of time. Uh, we would not use this um, because all of our clients pay on time. That's not an issue. Um, but also, uh, you know, this isn't necessarily our voice or our tone. Now we could go in and tell this to refine it. We could ask, you know, make it a little um, different tone or voice to this. And we could um, tell it to add other information. So the key is that you can keep refining these and adding different prompts. Um, but in just a couple seconds, you know, it wrote an email for me that is pretty good. Um, and, uh, you know, would do the job very quickly. So I didn't like the subject line on this though. So let me ask it to refine the subject line. To make it friendlier. And I'm not sure that when somebody owes you money that you need to be friendly, but in this case, we're going to see what it comes back with. Okay. Subject friendly reminder, your outstanding bill. So in this case, I don't think it worked, but, uh, you can give it, um, body copy. So if you do have an email already that, or a topic for an email already, um, you can ask it to come back with some subject lines. Let's do that. Let's, let's, uh, say, um, create subject lines for an email about an upcoming spring sale for 20% off. All right. So it's coming back with spring, spring into savings, 20% off our entire collection, spring sale alert, get 20% off your next purchase. Hurry, limited time only, 20% off spring sale. So, I mean, it's already understanding like the sense of um, urgency that it's an ending sale, that you have to hurry now, there's calls to actions. These are relatively good subject lines that it came back with really quickly. It gave us 10 of them, um, you know, spring forward with 20% off your next order. So I bet probably some of these have been used by other companies that may be where it's getting pulled from. So that is one thing to consider is that it might sound like something somebody else did. Um, but you know, if you're just looking for a starter for 10 quick ideas for a subject line for an upcoming promotion or something like that, that you're doing, uh, it's pretty good. Now just eyeballing this, it looks like most of these subject lines are the right length. Um, so they're not too long. Um, so it, it understands that it's an email subject line. It understands, um, kind of some of the best practices for subject lines. Um, as far as like, you know, reiterating the, the offer, that urgency. So that's a pretty quick way to generate good, 10 good subject lines that you can test or refine. Um, and that is, you know, going to save us a lot of time. So, um, now the other thing that we've used this for, uh, uh experimenting with is ad copy. So whether that's for Facebook or, um, uh, Google ads. Um, you can actually start developing that, that content. And so you can try to tell it character limits. Like I mentioned before, sometimes it works better than others with character limits. You can ask it to refine it and it will come back with actually with, um, abbreviations and stuff like that. So it will try to cut down its text to actually hit those character limits. It's not always successful, but it actually is pretty good. 
Um, and this is, so this is a quick way you can actually tell it just like with the email subject lines, like give me, you know, uh, 10 different, uh, versions of, a uh, ad copy for, you know, a Google ad, um, for this type of product or this type of service. Um, same with a Facebook ad, you can have the different headlines, different calls to action, um, and generate a bunch of those again, something that, um, can save you a lot of time. Um, social media posts, same thing you can, and there are other tools specifically for like Instagram and stuff like that, that do a pretty good job of writing social media posts that you can actually tell it like voice and stuff like that. So chat GPT by no means is the only one it's just accessible and you can use it for a lot of different things. Um, but for social media posts, you can actually, um, have it, keep refining those, give it a topic, uh, give it, um, you know, uh, other prompts that are relevant. Um, and even tell it about your audience a little bit and, um, it will come back with, you know, a posting copy for you. Um, that can be super handy if you have, for instance, like in, um, a company where you may have numerous, um, Facebook pages, uh, for relatively similar products and you don't necessarily have, you know, um, unique content. Maybe it's a post about, uh, an upcoming holiday. Um, you know, like we had St. Patrick's day recently. Um, maybe you're doing a, an, a post about St. Patrick's day, but you want the copy to be different for each property. Well, you can tell it to do that. You can have say, you know, create a social media post for, um, being safe on St. Patrick's day and tell it the tone and that kind of stuff. It'll come back with text. You can use that for one post and then ask it to refine it, use that for another. And so you can actually have slightly modified content for each one without you having to go in and, and do that for each property that could potentially save you a ton of time. And we have accounts where we have dozens of different social media properties, uh, for a single client, they're all need to be slightly different. Maybe they have something that's slightly regional or something like that. This will is a great way to help you crank out some of that content, um, quickly without having to rewrite all of it. All right. And the other way that we've started testing this, uh, there's other ways. This is just the ones that we're tend to use, uh, more frequently now that we've started experimenting with it, but is repetitive product copy. <clears throat> now I know people are going to say that could potentially incur some, um, SEO issues and that type of thing. If Google's seeing you use this to write product copy, the problem is, is that for many products, you may have, uh, variations on a product that are on a retail site, for instance, that is essentially the same product, but the only difference is the color or the only difference is some other variant of that product. That's just slightly different. Um, maybe it is, uh, an automotive website and it's essentially the same product, but just fits different vehicles. Well, if all of your pages have the exact same product description, they're probably not doing great from an SEO perspective anyway. Um, but you want them all to be different. And so you want to create a slightly different product description for each of those products. Well, you can do this with chat GPT. So you can take the original product description and try to modify it. Like mention this, this is white or whatever, and have it rewrite it in that context. Now I'm not saying just use that out of the box. You're probably going to want to tweak that 
but it's doing 90 plus percent of the work for you. It's rewriting that copy. It's slightly modifying it. So you can have it modify it. So much like those social media posts we talked about earlier is you can have it just modify it just enough to make it different so that um, it's not just cut and paste product descriptions for 20 products on your website. Um, Shopify recently launched their version of this. It's a widget that is built into the product description box in Shopify that if you give it some key um, information about the product, so features of the product, um, and you can actually choose the tone of voice, like professional or friendly or ex expert, ex that you're an expert, um, whatever that tone of voice is, and it will generate the product copy based on that. And then you can either choose to use it or refine it much like chat to be chat GPT. So that's actually built into Shopify now. Again, it's not something that I would necessarily recommend from an SEO perspective, but from a differentiating products and making sure that you're writing a decent uh, product description for a product without having to write thousands of product descriptions, it's going to speed it up because I personally have worked with retailers that have thousands of products and many of them don't have a description at all. You're not going to sell a product that doesn't have a description typically. And so even just having one in there that might be auto generated by a, a, a bot, I'm not as concerned about the SEO for that page. I'm more concerned about just having a good product description that gives the basics for that product. It's better than nothing. And it's better than cut and paste from a thousand other sites or a thousand other products on your site. Um, cause again, many of these products, if you got it from a specific vendor, the vendor may have had a product description and you'll see that same product description on multiple sites for that product. Uh, you see that on Amazon all the time. It's basically cut and paste for that product description. So if you want to slightly differentiate it, it's a quick way to do that. All right, so let's talk about how we don't use ChatGPT. And I think this is a an important differentiator. Um, we do not and will not use ChatGPT, nor do we recommend using it for writing the entire blog or article. Now we have experimented with it just to see the quality of content that comes back. And um, it's not bad. Like the, we've definitely read worse blogs and articles from, from other uh, businesses and from some, you know, business writers who are not writers by trade. Right. So it actually comes back with a sound blog or a sound article, but it, it can be stilted. Right. And again, you're not sure that it's pulling from the right data and the right uh, information sources and that kind of stuff. It's not necessarily accurate. So, you know, that is one issue It's just the quality of the writing is not going to have the same flair that a good professional writer is going to bring to it. So there's that. Secondly, Google has kind of vacillated on whether they're going to find AI created content acceptable or not. I don't think they view it as spam, but if you're looking at the way that they rank their content, which is looking at your expertise and your authority and, um, the trust that comes from your site, the, those things are unique. And if they're pulling information from a lot of other sites or from other things, they're writing it in a manner that 
could be identified as being AI, it kind of uh, undermines your authority and it undermines your expertise because you're letting a bot do it for you. Um, So if your goal is to rank really well for content that you're writing, which it should be, um, then you don't necessarily want to risk having, uh, you know, eventually get dinged for having a bot writing it or for Google to relatively or to, you know, ignore your content because it just doesn't come across as being an authority article because it's either reiterating well-known facts or it's not bringing anything unique to the table. Um, it sounds like it's high level and not thoroughly researched. Um, so those are all things to consider. Now, if your goal is just to populate a website with a bunch of content to make it look like it's got content to fill out pages that you haven't had time to write yet, then yeah, I mean, you could use that. You could have it write a description about a service that you're offering and slap that into the site until you get, um, you know, better crafted content. Um, it's sure better than lorem ipsum, right? So if you're doing a website design or uh, even a, a, a brochure or pamphlet or something like that, and you need to fill it with content, you can do that using ChatGPT instead of lorem ipsum and just refine it. Um, so high level, we're not going to use it to write full articles um, from an SEO standpoint, as well as just from a, a tone of voice and writing style. Um, it's not going to emulate what we would bring to the table or what our clients maybe want to present to the public. Um, the same goes for your website content, just like with articles and blogs, like that service description or general content on your site. Could you ask it like about headlines and stuff like that and do that kind of stuff? Um, sure. Title tags. Yep. They can help you with that for sure. But what you don't want it to do to do is the same thing. You don't want it to have write a whole bunch of content for your site and then have that content suck, um, or to look like a bot did it. Um, so you want to be careful about how you're using it. We will still stick for the time being with having humans use it. Now we might have it write us an outline. We might have it write some summaries, but again, we're going to edit all of those anyway. So, but it does save time. Um, we're also not using, uh, chat GPT for keyword research at this point, um, because it is outdated. There is still, you know, outdated, um, data. Like if you ask it for the top 10 of something or, uh, what people are searching for that information, at least with the version that we're using right now is outdated. It's 2021. Um, it's also not going to dig in as deeply as we are. Um, we might just, you know, from a high level, like, Hey, what are people interested in about a certain topic? If we're looking for ideas or something like that, but we're not necessarily going to use it for keyword research for, you know, SEO or for a Google ads program or anything like that. There's other tools that have much more updated data and do it a lot better, um, than chat GPT can. But if you're doing a quick research and say, Hey, what are the top 10, uh, things that people tend to search for, for, you know, a certain, uh, topic, um, you can do that for sure. Uh, it's part of that research thing. You can do a quick research about it, but just be aware that that information is, is outdated. Um, at least in the current version. So, um, it's not something we'll do. The other thing we, um, have 
seen is um, it doesn't do a great job with analysis. So if you put in some um, kind of findings or that type of thing and ask for recommendations um, or analysis of what data uh, means, um, it'll come back with some, some, you know, basically high level findings about the data, but it's not something that we're going to rely on. Um, that analysis is, is pretty lightweight, um, and isn't digging into the variables that we would typically want to. Now, if you're just looking for a quick overview of something, um, it can, it can kind of summarize it for you if you give it some data points and top and, um, that type of thing, but, uh, we're not using it for, for, um, analysis right at all right now. Um, and I don't foresee doing that. And then even though we've mentioned that, you know, we can use this for high level research. If you're doing any kind of detailed research, you're going to need to double check all the facts. One of the things that we've seen come back time and again with this is we will ask questions about a certain topic and it comes back sounding like it knows exactly what it's talking about. And it's very authoritative and it's wrong. And there are a lot of data points that are wrong. And that's not just the, uh, because, um, the data only goes to 2021. I, I think it's, it's more just, you know, it doesn't know what sources to pull from. It is after all a language processing tool. Um, it's not, you know, um, self-aware. It doesn't necessarily have access to all the sources that you would want it to. It doesn't necessarily weigh source, uh, you know, where those sources are coming, getting their information, where they're coming from, or how uh, dependable those sources are. So for quick research, just getting a ballpark on something, it's, it's a great tool. It does it very fast. But if you're expecting, you know, if you um, really want to give somebody information about a topic, if you were going to convey this to a client or to um, uh, somebody and um, your job is on the line for it, I sure wouldn't trust it because we have seen just basic things, uh, factual information, that kind of stuff that it will say like a fact, but is absolutely wrong. And so you do have to be careful. It's just like I said before, like any search on the web, um, it's going to, you know, need refining. It's going to need verification. You're going to have to use other source material. Um, so in-depth research stuff where, um, you're, you're really depending on facts and figures. I would not use it for that. If you're just looking for a summary of something and a quick informational dump on something, just to give you some background, then. I think it's fine, but again, um, you're going to need to validate it. You're going to need to understand, um, whether that information is correct or not. So, it, you know, at the end of the day, we found ChatGPT to be incredibly useful. We're continuing to explore the different ways that we can use it. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a little creepy. Um, it comes back with some really good information sometimes. Um, we're continually impressed with, um, just what it can do. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it's, it can make certain aspects of your job easier, but I don't think that, um, you know, it's going to be revolutionizing our jobs anytime soon. Um, it's just another tool that can help speed up the process for certain things. It definitely does a good job of um, giving you stuff to work with, but you have to refine it. Um, <clears throat> you know, I can see people that don't bother refining it, and I think that's going to be a differentiator in the future um, between 
professionals and, and people that are less professional is that, and just like it is today, is that you, you know, a professional who does this every day, if their specialty, it's going to be better than somebody that's just using whatever chat GPT cranked out. Um, because that professional might be using chat GPT, but they're putting the polish on it. They're putting the additional value in it. They're tweaking it based on data and what they know and what they've experienced and what they've tested. Um, and so, you know, there's that difference there. I think that, um, at least for the time being chat GPT can't do, but you know, you're going to see people trying to use it that way. Um, much like, you know, tools like Canva and stuff like that. You know, I mean, there's a lot of fear that people have had that uh, tool like Canva is going to put graphic designers out of business. And while Canva makes things really easy and you can crank out a lot of graphics um, that look pretty good, they're not the same as having somebody who's a top-notch designer go in and do something extremely unique for you that brings their, their own sensibilities and design style. And, um, you know, a lot of that Canva stuff looks the same and you know that it was done with Canva or a tool like that. Um, so if you're trying to stand out in the crowd and you're trying to be different, then you got to bring a person to the, the mix to do that for you. So we'd love to hear about how you're using chat GPT and AI tools like that. Um, so, you know, if you have, uh, insight and in how you're doing it, recommendations and how you're doing it, we'd love to hear it. And, uh, as always, if you have questions or anything that ideas for upcoming content, we'd love to hear that as well. So we're always answering and looking at comments and, um, you know, we look forward to seeing where this roller coaster of AI goes and how it will affect the entire industry. So we'll be keeping you up to date as we experience more and explore more and test it. Uh, but we'd love to hear your perspective as well. So again, hope you have a great one. If you find this content helpful and useful, we'd love for you to like it. That would be super helpful to us. And of course, subscribe and stop back again. And, uh, as we discuss more of this type of stuff in the future, have a great one.